I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And this is Sex Archie. Wednesday nights all right for casting. Casting what? Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about fishing. That's what I'm talking about on this podcast. Cool. That's right. We are a Riverdale recap podcast here to talk about Chapter 66, Tangerine, written by Brian E. Patterson and directed by Gabriel Coria. Yes, we are. That is what we were talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we are. So... You, you sound like you didn't study, but you're trying <laughs> to, to convince everyone else that you did the required reading. I mean, it was the best of times. It was also the worst of times, if you think about it. And it's interesting that the story was set in two cities. I found that. I think that's one of the more enlightening points. What do you think about that <laughs> moment? You, yeah. I'm very interested which, to know which your, was your opinion. Favorite of the two cities. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, okay. So, uh, we open th- this episode mm-hmm. uh, with no narration no. of the typical sense. Uh, we do get, like, Jughead reading his story. Yes. His just needs to write the first four <laughs> chapters and. A draft of the rest, but it sounds like he wrote all of it. He wrote the whole dang book, <laughs> apparently. He's, he's reading the end of it. Where where the Baxter brothers have saved the day, they've solved the mystery, there, there was apparently a missing kid, but not anymore, there's not, and they just want to eat dinner. Yeah, it was the case of the boy in the river. Mm-hmm. Jason! He just <laughs> wrote about Jason! Write what you know, kids. DuPont's like, great! You're the next ghostwriter. That was amazing. You're the next ghostwriter. That means we have to cover you in CGI. <laughs> the white rabbit's going to pop out of the book. Don't mention that trailer. <laughs> that ghostwriter movie looks like such bullshit. <laughs> Why? Why are there CGI characters coming out of books? Because, like I said before, if they just remade the show Ghostwriter, it would be nothing because kids can already text. That's all the ghost let them do, and that's just a regular thing now. But, like, there, why? Why? <laughs> why are, it just felt so, like, wrong. <laughs> it seemed like we were combining a lot of other children's TV shows about reading. But in any case, Brett is very upset that they didn't pick his story about the Baxter brothers lowering marginal tax rates or whatever the fuck he wrote about. Yeah. So uh, DuPont's like, hey, here's the contract. I already have it written up with your name because this wasn't fixed at all. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's all yours if you play it, by the rules. Yeah, as long as you play by the rules, which we know Jughead is very good at doing. He can't get enough of those rules. So I'm pretty sure DuPont's going to kill him. Oh, yeah. Just going to say. That's probably in, in some subclause somewhere. <laughs> Uh, so Veronica is at home because she's still living at home. I guess that conversation with the shrink didn't do much. I think there is an interesting gradient between how much each teen listened to the guidance counselor and also how much each of them thinks they listened to the guidance counselor. Because yeah. <laughs> Archie did practically nothing. She did. Exa- he did exactly the opposite. Yes. 
<laughs> but he thinks he did the right thing just because he set up an answering machine. Yeah. So uh, she she is at home mm-hmm. and uh, has gotten a Dartmouth or no a Dartmouth uh, rejection letter, which was her safety school. The unmitigated privilege of these people. Uh, and uh, but she's like, well, I still got my interview with Columbia, because yeah. Mm-hmm. And Hiram's are like, well, good luck with that. Community college is, you know, great. You can, uh, you know, run your rum empire from there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, actually, she probably could. I'm sure she could get a lot of those, like, people employed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, they could just run it out of, like, the science lab or something. <laughs> like, sure, why not? If Columbia doesn't work out, stay in, in Riverdale Community College, which we're just learning about again. I'm sure they have a culinary program, and I'm sure you could do rum making through mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pop Tate comes in and does guest lectures as the only restaurateur. Yep. So uh, over at the center, FP has come to play Archie a visit because he, in- he is investigating the vigilante. Yes. And he's like showing him these pictures and he's like, is this you? And Archie's like... Yeah. FP looks surprised and a little disappointed that Archie was actually honest with him. Like, just God like, damn it, Archie. Like, what the fuck, boy? Now, like, what Now the I hell? have to do something today. Like, I am a cop. You lie to me. You're you're supposed to say nothing. You're supposed to call your, your lawyer slash mom. Let's come on, play ball. You're I just, supposed to get upset at me for breaking and entering. Archie, I want to go fishing. Please. <laughs> what the hell? And Archie goes off about how, you know, he's doing this thing, and it's fine if he dies. At least he's going to die with honor. And he's all like, that is BS. What about your mom? Yes. Your mother's not a Klingon, Archie. Get over it. But then he's like, well, maybe maybe I can help you, Red. Mm-hmm. I got a plan. He's got plans. He's got, everybody's got, got plans. plans. It, it's the opening scenes for all of these plots. They don't have to actually do anything. They just yes. have to. So uh, Jughead decides to go to Charles and is all like, hey, I need your help tracking down my. Our shared grandfather. We're finally acknowledging this in the mid-season finale. Did we mention we said it last week? But yes, the mid-season finale. That yes, we share a grandpa <laughs> and you, the FBI agent, need to find him. Mm-hmm. Over at Pops, uh, Veronica goes there and... Uh, you know, Pop, her job. You know, her job. And Pops has received uh, a letter that is revoking their liquor license. Courtesy uh, of the mayor of Riverdale, Hiram Lodge. Yes. And Veronica's all like, well, we're going to host the biggest blowout before our liquor license is gone. And I I'm guess pretty sure so. They I mean, just, like, otherwise they just dump it in the sewer drain. So, well, does it like revoking liquor license? Like that happens like immediately. Like we revoked it. You're done. Apparently not. I don't think that's how it works. This is a town where they they plan their events overnight. So, <laughs> Pop, however, is like, well, no offense, no offense, Veronica. Your father, he wasn't raised right, <laughs> and that is how Pop insults. A person. Yes. He's such a sweet man. Yes. I imagine he's the he's the only character in the entire cast that I could see going to church. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of him saying, like, your father, 
is an idiot asshole who needs to burn in hell. Mm-hmm. Father was not raised right. But Veronica disagrees. No, no. <laughs> he was raised right. And that gives her an idea. Oh, everyone's having ideas. Uh, so Betty is woken up by mm-hmm. Alice, who has news that Polly mutilated a nurse. Yes. At her treatment center. Mm-hmm. Shady Oaks, Shady Grove. I don't think it should have shady in the name. That sounds very shady. It was founded by the shady man. It is named for his generous donation. Uh, So Charles, uh, down at the kitchen table, pulls out his FBI-style laptop. bulletproof laptop. Yes. It it looks like what you transport gold bars in. Yes. Uh, And shows her the security footage that they have already acquired. We, we don't get to see it because it is too gruesome and violent, but we just watch Betty's face as she sees her sister claw a woman's face off. Well, at first, Polly apparently looks like a zombie. She's just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And then, yes. yes, claws a woman's face off. Uh, and apparently, the woman she attacked is a nurse named Betty. <gasps> And apparently Polly is only asking to see Betty. She mm-hmm. wants to talk to Betty. Would you trust anyone else in her family? As- assume no. that only her family has visiting rights. Yeah, no. Yeah, no one else. No. Nope. Betty does go to see Polly, and Polly is strapped to a bed. Mm-hmm. All, all four limbs, big, wide leather straps. Yes. You know the deal. Very old-fashioned, very scary uh and this treatment center definitely has a uniform and that also screams shady (laughs) i'm a little concerned this show does not have a good history with uh medical institutions or or any sort of treatment facility if you haven't got a gunshot if there's anything wrong with you but a gunshot you need to get out of where you are right now yeah so polly is Freaking out and saying that she can't remember anything. She doesn't know what they're talking about. All she remembers was being in the rec room and then suddenly being chained to the bed. Yes. And she just starts begging Betty like, to help her. Th- this is a pretty stock scene. And any if you're into any sort of thrillers, you've seen it a hundred times. But I feel like uh, uh, Tierra Scovby... I'm not... Uh. I don't recall her name, but Polly's actor does it really, really well, especially for, you know, the the tier of show that Riverdale is. Yes. As far as network TV version of this this scene goes, it is, it's top tier. Absolutely. Yeah. So over at the center, uh, FP's idea is coming to the foreground, which was installing metal detectors that have been recycled from (laughs) Old Southside High. Yes, there's now a, a metal detector by the door of uh, the El Royale. I don't know if they also have metal detectors stationed at the, the man-sized hole in the east wall, or <laughs> a metal detector for anyone who comes in through the leaking roof. I don't know. <laughs> They've also set up security cameras. Uh, and as they are doing all this, uh, Eddie is all like, well, I can help find Dodger. I know where he is. And they're all like, no. No, Eddie. You're a child. Is, this is not your job. You seem to have grown six inches since last we saw Eddie. He had a quick spurt. Well, he's a child. They do that. The, the camera adds ten inches, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We go check in on Veronica, mm-hmm. who is meeting up with her abuelita. 
Yes, yes. That is how you ruin a man. You call in his mother. Gotta call mama. Mm-hmm. So uh, she she's telling her all about how she's thinking about getting into the rum business. And she's like, well, how did he learn? And she, he learned from me. It's my recipe. Yeah. And so of course I'll share it with you. Because why wouldn't she? She's grandma. Gra- she grandma, me. family recipe. You're the family. There we go. No. Yes. Tut tut. Yes. But. Uh, and so then she's also asking, like, well, how's college? How's, how's you know, all those plans coming about? She's like, oh, well, there's some issues with that. <laughs> Is and you wouldn't believe the things your son has been doing. And so we cut away on that line as she presumably fills in her grandmother on everything that's happened college-wise. Do you think Abuelita would be that upset to hear that her son has been helping her granddaughter get into Harvard? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking a, a generation gap that isn't there. But there, there's a version of the scene we don't see where she's like, that sounds wonderful, dear. That's exactly what a parent does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, may, maybe she's just telling her about all of the many, many crimes and, and the, yeah, and the uh, trying to kill his wife. And I, I, I'm assuming she's, she's talking about it more as like, well, he's blackmailing everyone. Mm-hmm. So... He's ruining my chances to actually go where I want to go. Or maybe because we know that, like, the whole family is mob wives, uh, she's snitching and saying that uh, Hiram Lodge ruined his entire empire in this sort of Captain Ahab-like quest to ruin a teenage moron. Maybe. And that is why she's so upset. (laughs) Yeah. Dad's been obsessed with a 17-year-old boy. <laughs> it's unhealthy for him and the business. Jughead and, and his half-brother Charles have a nice little call mm-hmm. where uh, he's all like, Hey, I found Grandpa. He's got a postal box that he checks when he comes out from the forest. <laughs> <laughs> so when I say we found him... He's somewhere in a forest. You just gotta go to this forest that he apparently lives in and find him. Because <laughs> he's in a forest. Just a whole forest in Upper New York. How hard could it be, really? How many forests are there? They're not that big. Just, it's fine. Just get your low-flying plane with uh, some some radar and night vision <laughs> and go find your grandpa. No, like you do. So uh, over at uh, the Cooper Jones household, mm-hmm. uh, Betty, the, f- the full house, is filling Allison on on what happened, and uh, that they found out that Polly received a phone call an hour before she attacked this nurse. And Charles, Charles is on the case with that, too. He's a very busy boy all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. So busy that this is another episode with no mention of the videotapes. Yep. (laughs) Uh, And so suddenly, as they're talking, Alice gets a call to the house phone, because they still have a house phone. Uh, And she she takes it, and then she becomes like this zombie, non-blinking person. Yes. 
Uh, this is the scene that made up the entirety of last week's trailer. Yes. She gets a giant kitchen knife out uh, with just this blank affect, kind of robotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like show and tell, basically, as she holds up this knife. But there's no telling. Just just show. Just look at my knife. Look at my knife. Look at my knife, Betty. And uh, she she walks towards Betty and Betty's like, wait, what's going on? You're acting like Polly. No, it's it's almost like you've been like hypnotized or something. And she's like, oh, oh, I know what to do. And she snaps her fingers and yes. Alice snaps out of it. Mm-hmm. It works every time with every kind of hypnosis. Yeah. Uh, little known fact, Bob Fosse was terrified of like the, the Manchurian <laughs> candidate. Yeah. The, the whole idea permeated his, his fears and that's where it came that, from. That's when he was what, writing West. That's when he was choreographing West Side West Story. West Side Story, yeah. yeah. And, and all those snaps we had mm-hmm. to get in there just in case. It's self-defense. Yeah. Yeah. That's really what it is, that, that they're gangs that's against why hypnosis. They're, that's why they're always trying to calm down a boy, boy, crazy boy. Just play a cool boy. Don't stab me. You're hypnotized, boy. <laughs> snap, snap. Yeah, yeah. A Charles Adams, too, and his Adams family. <laughs> Terrified of hypnosis. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Someone should make that like a movie or something and someone who just has to like so like we've done the like you we can't see mm-hmm. they can't hear us they're gonna attack us if we do all these things well now it's well if we don't stop snap it like if we stop snapping they're gonna kill us monsters yeah yeah we the, gotta the, snap the monster away the next movie from office gym yeah yes okay yeah. alice uh snaps out of it and she doesn't remember uh-huh. a th- what? snaps out of it yeah i did that on purpose <laughs> i did uh, and she doesn't remember a thing. Mm-mm. And Betty's all like, oh, that call, it triggered you. I know what's going on. I gotta call Charles. And like, yeah. just like leaves her mother standing there completely confused about what happened. I mean, th- this pattern does exonerate her, her uh, poor put-upon sister. It's like, if she, she was not acting of her own free will. Please release her from these barbaric bonds. And don't let her take any more phone calls. Also, no more phone calls. No more phone calls. Abuelita goes to see her son, and he's all like, Mom! And she walks right up, slaps him. It sounds uh, like a uh, gunshot. She smacks the shit out of him. That, that's the way it sounds, but like when they cut to it, it looks like the gentlest tap. <laughs> Although he like really sells it like he's auditioning for Vince McMahon. But <laughs> Abuelita hasn't done that many uh, stage combat classes. Yeah, she does not do the follow-through. no. But he does the acting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And those sound editors were great. (laughs) And she's just all like, you should be ashamed of yourself and storms out without saying anything else. (laughs) And Veronica comes in and he's all like, you're turning my mother against me. That's very low. Uh, And she she lets him know that, like, oh, I got the family secret recipe and it's on, daddy. Mm -hmm. Now roll that beautiful bean footage. (laughs) We now own a talking dog. <laughs> it's very strange. It's very strange. It, it wants to catch a large lizard in a cardboard box. Dang it, that's the wrong dog. He's talking about the Taco I'm Bell. I'm talking about the Taco Here Bell dog. Here it is, your lizard, lizard. I loved those commercials. Godzilla was the most advertised, most tied-in movie that doesn't involve a war in the stars. And it wasn't very good. It wasn't very good. No. 
The Taco Bell commercials were better than that movie. <laughs> Much more entertaining. I mean, I'm glad Carlos uh, Alazaqui could get work until Reno 911 when he became a household name, or at least he ought to have. He was great. I never watched that. Oh, okay. So over at the Andrews household, yes, uh, Mary is informing Archie that Vic, uh, who is was Fred's uh, foreman, mm-hmm. wants to buy them out of the construction company, and Archie like blows up and is gonna like fire Vic and like no, we're not doing that. Archie, you have your own business to run. The cash inflow from a buyout would help. When's the last time you poured concrete? Your mom's not doing it. She's running a law office. And I'm like, none of you are running that company (laughs) right now at all. You're lucky he's not suing you for your shares. But he gets a call from Toby, who's all like, Eddie went looking for Dodger and a bunch of other guys went too. And they're all really beat up and they're in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Things are bad. Things are bad. Things are bad. Betty and Charles are not together. Mm-hmm. And we found well, not together together. That'd be creepy. In the same room. <laughs> and uh, we find out that the calls came from uh, Shankshaw Prison. Mm-hmm. Good old Shankshaw. Been a while since we've been there. It's been like three episodes since we've been there. Uh, and Betty's like, well, it has to be the farm. Mm-hmm. And Edgar's dead. And I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> Her, her reasoning for it being the farm is because they did do hypnotic techniques. They they had they they induced an altered consciousness with sound cues. You know. Yeah, they did a lot of culty things. Yeah, so it's it's not an entire leap. Uh, so they realize that well, Evelyn's not dead. Maybe and, she's there. Yeah, where did she get locked up to when she got locked up? Huh. I'm sorry. If there was a cult that was. Kidnapping my whole family, I would know where the leader ended up. Probably want to know that, yeah. I would have been at that court case. Just in case I had to do a high school production of Annie Get Your Gun and I needed an assistant director, if nothing else. That's why I'd want to know where Evelyn is. So Jughead has been roaming the forest (laughs) Uh, and is now very dark. Yeah. But he finds an abandoned bus with a burning barrel outside, and that seems like the place. He's like, this is probably my grandpa's. Yeah, I mean, it's like a trailer. And, you know, when the door opens and there's suddenly a shotgun on him, he's definitely like, yeah, that's grandpa. This is the place, all right. This actor looks so much like he could be Skeet Ulrich's dad, it's incredible. Not so much in the show, but in, like, pictures of him outside all of the, like, shaggy, crazy woodsman oh, hair and beard it. they put on I him. I haven't seen what he yeah. looks like. Him in his day-to-day seriously could be uh, uh, Skeet Ulrich's dad. Have, have it's great. You, have you seen this picture? I want to know what this picture looks like. Okay. Because I'm like, he looks like Santa Claus. Like <laughs> They do... Yeah, when they they do that hair and makeup for Crazy Woodsman, he's got a bit of the, the like, whiskey-loving Santa to him. Yeah. Uh, I guess. I'm I'm more thinking Brian Cranston. He looks a lot like an older Brian Cranston. He looks a shit ton like him. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Much more than F.P. Jones. I suppose. (laughs) But, like, I can kind of see the skeet. Okay, this but picture that- of him from some earlier oh film my God. is literally oh Brian Cranston. It's totally just him. 
fuck. Is he was that... in Fringe. It's Vancouver. A lot of these people have been in Fringe. Who's, who are you in Fringe? And, and Stargate. He played Man in Warehouse in one episode of Fringe and Man in a second episode of Fringe. Oh. <laughs> well, I definitely remember that completely. <laughs> I mean, those are good episodes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he totally just looks like... Like, if they ever needed, like, an old version. Like, if, if this plot line was playing out in uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. And, and Malcolm had to find his lost grandfather. Yeah. They, they should... Definitely. They should get Timothy Weber. Uh, but yeah, so Jughead's all like, I'm your grandson. And he's all like, well, I guess in that case, you better come in. Before I kill my grandson. I'd rather yep. not do that. Yep. Cheryl is sitting on a sofa... With Jason on one side and Julian on the other, and, and she is this mist machine on the on the table in front of them. Roach bombs. Yes, and she is th- thanking her brothers for joining her as they are ending their paths together. She calls them Chernobyl grade roach bombs. Yes, <laughs> which is bad because roaches famously are resistant to, 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 to radiation <laughs> and fallout. Like, I don't know how true that is, but it's the one thing people always say. And yeah. that's what counts as true in these sorts of references. Yeah. Uh, but she is talking about how they were born in poison, and soon they shall die in poison. And then, as as the smoke fills the room, mm-hmm. Penelope suddenly comes out of a doorway, coughing. And yes. we go back to Cheryl, who is wearing a gas mask. A custom cherry red gas mask. <laughs> and Penelope drops to the floor. That's for when things really need spicing up with Tony. Yeah. You think Cheryl's in a breath play, or is that kind of on the nose for someone who tried to drown herself? I think that's a little too much. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Jughead and, uh, his grandpa are now inside. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's all like, you know, whatever your dad said, it's probably true. Except for the part about me dying. Everything else, <laughs> And, uh, Jughead's like, not here to talk about that. Yet. And I'm like, Thank yes! You. Yes, you listened to that counselor just a little bit. Just a little bit. Can, and also, thank you to the show for not being like, oh, the, the absent abusive guy actually wasn't so bad all along. Like, okay, okay. Eh, eh, eh. We no, can he's try like, to, I'm actually bad. We can bad try person. to make him like a, a fully developed present character, but we cannot deny that he's an abusive, shitty parent. Yeah. Uh, and he will go on to say that he was. Yes. So Jughead brings up that he is there to talk about Stonewall and DuPont, uh, and he's all like, you know, you wrote those books, and they stole it from you, and he goes off a little bit, and Grandpa's all like, You think you got it all figured out? Not quite. You're a little wrong. Anyway, have you been a good boy, or have you been naughty this year? Because <laughs> he looks like Santa. Because he looks like Santa. Archie goes to FP, and he's all like... Bill and Fagin beat up those kids. So now we have confirmation that the three Dickinson boys are all named for Oliver Twist characters. Dodger. Dodger, Bill Bill. Sykes, and Fagin. There is a little Oliver running around somewhere. (laughs) Somewhere. One of them's got to have a kid named Ollie. They have to. Fagin. Fagin. 
And and the wild thing, like we we waited a long time to start because both of us had to to search until we were satisfied that the mother of the Dickinson crime clan, Darla, is not named for a Charles Dickens character. Or, like, I don't know, a Charles Dickinson relative? Yeah, like, none of his kids are named Darla or Darlene, not not his wife, nobody. The only thing I could find is that there is a Twisted Christmas Carol play (laughs) out there where one of the characters' names is Darla. Which seems tenuous. That seems like a stretch. Yep. Maybe they're a really big fan of that play. (laughs) You could have named her... Agnes, after Oliver's mom. Nancy. Nancy, the more significant character from Oliver Twist. She could have been Olivia instead of Oliver. Or Olive. She could have been Olive. Again, like Fringe. (laughs) Yes, like Fringe. And so Archie's all like, I need you to help me. We need to go beat him up. And FP's like, yeah, okay, but let me go change first. Yeah! That, that is when they should have put in the the CSI Miami. Yeah! Yeah. Hell yes. Uh, that doesn't belong to the Who anymore. I'm sorry. It belongs to CSI Miami. So Bill and Fagan Dickinson mm-hmm. are loading up their car with their mom and and... Archie's all like, you're not going anywhere. And they're all like, we're going to fight and beat your head in. <laughs> and then FP comes out in his serpent jacket looking fine as hell. And makes use of the classic line, why don't you pick on someone your own size? Yes. <laughs> and his opening hit, headbutt. Yes! Because he's a bar fighting asshole. <laughs> oh, I love oh. FP. Back, back to basics, FP. That's my skeet. <laughs> Uh, and so then there's Brawl. Uh, and they kick ass. Like, the, these two crime brothers think just because they're twice Archie's age, they can take him. But that boy has been forged in the flames <laughs> of an underground prison fighting ring. Also, you have FP. Yes. Also, there's FP. Uh, so uh, over at Thistle House... Uh, it looks like an intervention. <laughs> so we got Penelope like, tied up. Instead of being addicted to pills, it's like Penelope needs to stop her poisoning others addiction. Penelope is tied up to a chair, waking up from the drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Cheryl with a chair. We have Tony in a chair. We have Nana in a chair. Jason and Julian each have their chairs, and they're all facing Penelope. Can we not bring the puppet and the corpse to the intervention, please? No. I think it's weakening your stance. No, I love it. I love it. Also, you know there's no ghost in there. The whole point of this is that you know there's no ghost in there. Too attached at this point. (laughs) Well, Penelope's all like, what's going on? What's this Mm da-da-da-da? And it's like, Cheryl starts talking about how when she was little... Penelope would read her Alice in Wonderland. You'd always ask if I was Alice, but I'd say I'm the Red Queen. And so now I'm going to do what what she does, and I'm putting you on trial. (laughs) The the trial is for gaslighting, attempted murder, actual murder. Yeah, she she lists off, I mean, I I guess another bit of catch-up for people who only started with the last episode. A lot of Penelope's crimes, not all of them. She doesn't include killing Dilton's dad years ago or the vice principal many years ago. Yeah. (laughs) There's gaps on the rap sheet. 
And it's still a long rap sheet. Uh, and she's all like, how do you plead, mother most foul? Because we can't just speak. Yeah, she, she also uh, asks for why. Because we can't just <sighs> speak. So uh, FP and Pops, or FP and Archie go to Pops to get some celebratory pie for kicking ass. <laughs> and FP's just like, man, that felt good. And Archie's like, we kicked ass, Mr. Jones. <laughs> and they're all like, high five. Yes, yes. And I love it. And, and FP's just, like, living in the fact that his jacket still fits like a glove mm-hmm. and, like, And he talking feels about good. how, like, this is not, this is nothing that your dad ever would have done or supported, but I think now he'd be proud of you in this moment afterward. Yes. <laughs> Which, yeah, sure, ha- have some equivocation. Do, do a little justification if you want to. <laughs> well, I think part of, one thing he says is, like, your crime fighting is over. And I yes. think the idea was that if FP went and did this with him, like, it would be done. Right. That was the deal they yeah. made. One one last go. We're you're, driving them out of town. They're out of town. You're out of the game. Just, just answer yeah. the phones. Help the kids. Yeah. The end. So uh, over at the bus in the woods, mm-hmm. we we find out that Grandpa Jones did have the idea for the book, mm-hmm. but he quit Stonewall and he like had just this one story and he didn't know what to do with it. So he sold it to DuPont. For $5,000. Uh, and then he became bitter over how big it got. And that's when he turned to drinking and he took his anger out on his son and his wife and everyone and became an abusive asshole. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he presents his reasons, but he does not present them as excuses no. or, or justifications. It's, it's like, this is the chain of events and I deserve all <laughs> and I am definitely a very bad dad who beat my kid. Yeah. Yeah. And he he left because he thought it was the best thing he could do for everyone was mm-hmm. just to get out of their lives. And uh, Jughead's like, wow, all this time I thought DuPont was killing people. <laughs> and he's like, no. No, no. So, I mean, the mystery of the Riverdale Four is still out there. And yes, this is Including true. Including Charles Chickens. Yes, Charles Chickens. Grandpa Jones is... is um, just reiterates again that he messed up not only his life, mm-hmm. but his family's life. Mm-hmm. And like, let me give you advice. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do not do that. Uh, but I, I really like this explanation for what happened all those years ago around the first book, because it continues the, the running theme of the Baxter Brothers as a stand-in for 1940s comics. Yeah. Like, uh, it's mostly, the Baxter Brothers are mostly Archie comics as, as a metaphor. But as far as I recall, there, there isn't like, uh, someone being cheated out of authorship, you know, mm-hmm. Th- this is more along the lines of Siegel and Schuster, uh, just trying to, to put food on the table and then being screwed out of the most popular and merchandisable character of all time. Yeah. But if you read, uh, like... Goldwater era, like 40s or early 50s Archies, you will see a lot of the stuff that Jug had talked about in the first, in, in the, the Baxter Brothers book his grandpa wrote. The, the backgrounds are full of stickers telling people to buy war bonds and shit. Oh, God. 
Like, it's really plugged into 1940s society. Yeah. In a way that the 60s and beyond ones aren't so much. Yeah. And now he's turning it into a murder mystery about teens fishing a bloated body out of the river. Now it's Riverdale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Betty goes to visit Evelyn at Shawshank Prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Evelyn's like, well, it took you long enough. <laughs> Uh, and Betty just tears into her about how she weaponized her family. Yes. And, and like, what did you do? And Evelyn just lays it all out there that, you know, she used the activation code for them to become you. Yes. Apparently, Bettiness is some sort of mind virus that you can infect people with. You can turn them into Betty. And what that means is Betty has to destroy Betty. Yes. Dark Betty. Yes. So The uh, other Betty. So Alice, thinking she was Betty, saw a Betty, reasoned that is Dark Betty, and therefore I must stab this Betty. Yes. <laughs> and the same thing with Polly trying to kill her nurse, who happened to be named Betty. It's a good thing not a lot of people are named Betty nowadays. I suppose. They're just going to kill a lot of grandmas. Must kill. Oh, oh sorry, Betsy. I, I misread the name. I'm so sorry. Uh, you're, you're fine. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, so apparently it was Edgar's idea. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's not dead. <laughs> Still out there. <laughs> but to what end? <laughs> like, why? P- personal petty vengeance? I'm going to say yeah. Okay. Yeah, just just because. Why not? Why not? Betty asks, you know, what's the trigger word? Mm-hmm. It's tangerine. The title of the episode. Yes. And you have to say it three times in a row. Mm-hmm. And then a weird man with a wig will appear. <laughs> yeah? Yes. Why is that? Beetlejuice. Oh, Beetlejuice. You got a weird wig. Got a weird wig. Lots of stripes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tangerine, 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 and it's Beetlejuice, but he has all of his vitamins. Everything's orange. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's juice. Because it's juice. It's orange juice. You say tangerine, you get orange juice. And that is why O.J. Simpson killed people. In a full circle. And, there we go. And maintains that he did not. Yeah. It all it was, makes it sense. Was actually, it was actually orange juice. Ah. Evelyn starts to say tangerine. She gets two and a half through. She gets cut off mid-syllable from and the third tangerine. Betty slams the prison phone back on. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. How can I be a double Betty? <laughs> Two ponytails? This way lies madness. Pigtails? What? Jughead's not into that look. (laughs) Anyone who is is kind of weird, I think. I don't don't want to... It's a little too... It's... It's creepy. Children. It doesn't mean anything, but it makes me look for other red flags. (laughs) Uh, So back at Pops... The FP and Archie are getting ready to leave, and FP's like, hey, let me give you a ride home. And as they're getting out of the booth, Archie's like, oh no, behind you, and it's a man in a hood with a gun. Archie keeps losing dads this way. It's a problem. And and Archie tries to push FP out of the way, but he is shot. Right in the shoulder. And I am very upset. Very upset. Because Ski better not die. <laughs> I'm, I just kept thinking, he's in those flash forwards. He cannot die. 
That's true. We know he survives to present to to join a search party and to present a, a lineup. He's okay. Because if they killed FP, I would be pissed. <laughs> I might stop watching the show, honestly. Yeah. Yes. So they can kill him in the fourth season finale, which is the end of the show. I swear, I'm telling you. <laughs> maybe a, a half year fifth season. Maybe. I could see half year fifth. Yeah. Just for summer. Yeah. Yeah. Graduation in the spring. Summer before college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where they just fuck. Yep, all That's the time. Every episode is just... <laughs> just a lot of sex. Uh-huh. It has to go to pay-per-view. <laughs> so, then then we go to the hospital, and Archie is just apologizing to FP a lot. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, it's more than a... F- you know, take more than a flesh wound for, for me to regret what we did, Red. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Fangs rushes in. Fangs is alive. Fangs is apparently not at this treatment center anymore. <laughs> he made it. He's recovered. He's good. Where's Sweet Pea? Right? Right? <laughs> what the hell? Does Kevin know you're here? Where, Have you seen Kevin? Where is his brother in idiocy? I need Sweet Pea. Last time we saw you, you abandoned your boyfriend. <laughs> you motherfucker. They need to do their secret handshake where they rattle their pea-sized brains like maracas. I thought you were going to say they rattle their penises. No, dear. If your penis makes a rattling noise, you should see a doctor. I thought you were just going like, to rattle them together, like kind of flap, flap, flap. Yeah. That's not what maracas do. <laughs> They're going to hang bells on it. I don't know. Also not what maracas do, I know. <laughs> but you don't want to shove like beads in there. And people who are into that, it's not wrong, but it makes me look for other red flags. Just concerned about infection? Wash your penis beads. <laughs> Wash your penis beads. You know, today one of my coworkers found out I did this podcast. Yeah? Yeah. Last week's episode is pretty safe. I don't think we got got too wild that time. Yeah, because I couldn't talk. Uh, yeah, that's probably it. Uh, Fangs is all like, I, I know where Dodger is, the gonna leave town, I know I can lead you there, Archie, and FP's all like, Fangs, I'm gonna fucking kill you if I can get out of this bed. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? F- FP makes his feelings very clearly known. That, Yelling at Archie as he runs out the door. They're they're already leaving. We had a deal. Everyone is going back and forth just like grabbing by the lapels. Yeah. That is how FP gets people's attention as he grabs their, their coat lapel. But he like can't do that because he's in the hospital bed and he can't get out of it. But if he could, he would be. He's doing it with his brain. He does when they step close enough. Like, they he does get, do it. They don't get close enough to him. But but he did. He, he, I swear to you, he does. They don't get close enough. I swear to you, he I does. I feel like he's, like, clenching a sheet. Like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> no, he, he does like that. That is my boob. It's your coat. That is my boob. Not right now. It's where he grabs fangs. Fangs doesn't have a boob. He has a coat in that same geographic region. I disagree <laughs> that this happened. People people are going to have my back with gifts, I, I tell you. They're going to have my back with why'd you grab her boob? Today. Area. Not actually my boob. <laughs> Sit back in this house. <laughs> uh, uh, Penelope tries her damnedest. No. 
No. Back at, I don't know, wherever Betty and Charles are. No, they're at the house. I think they're at the house for this. No, they're at his hangout. Wherever Charles hangs out, I don't know where he hangs out. His office. Wherever that is. Uh, and she's filling him in on what happened when she went to see Evelyn, because no one else went with her, apparently. Yeah. He's like, well, you know, maybe we should, like, just test it out. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and say tangerine right now. And before she can even, like, I don't know, discuss it, he's just like, <laughs> tangerine, tangerine, tangerine. And How you feeling? Things go a little woozy, but she's like, fine. Nothing actually happens. Yeah. Yeah. And now... Back at Thistle House. Now back at Thistle House. Back at Thistle House, Penelope tries her damnedest to name our episode by saying, why must we endure this farce? Yes. And, you know, it's it's a solid effort. The old college try. She's like, you're just looking for reasons to kill me. And Cheryl's like, no, I'm trying to find a reason not to. Because it's really easy to want to kill you. So, man, you're a bad dungeon master. Uh, and she's all, Cheryl uh, is all like, yo, you hid in Thistle House to keep torturing me. Yes. You she-goblin. Yes. Just, and, and the reason why she, uh, Penelope did this is because she wanted to destroy Cheryl's happiness with Jason. Because... She shouldn't get her dead son if she can't have him. Mm -hmm, and I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, you're all way too obsessive. Ladies, please, you can both hallucinate with the rotting dead body. <laughs> and uh, then Cheryl is all like, TT, prepare the chloroform. Because <laughs> that's how it's really done. Because they are not going to kill her. They are going to do something much worse. Recently, over the last week, uh, the the special effects crew that made the the jason dummy uh did an interview and this really interesting article came out of it they've been using the same jason prop since the first season really yeah and this article went into a lot of you know how it's built the the, the way they made it for different purposes and how it's been updated and refitted as uh the plot demands new things from this prop mm -hmm. so i thought that was really interesting you can find it on, cool. on our Twitter account, retweeted back when it came out. I prefer to think that they, like, I don't know, were actually, like, employing that guy a lot <laughs> just to, like, sit there. Yeah, and doing, like, a digital thing to to freeze his, his natural, like, motions. Yes. Like the thing they do to the actresses that play the, the Weeping Angels. Yeah. 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 I think it's, I, they don't it's have cheaper budget. just to have a silicone face yeah. on, on a metal skeleton. I just like to think, like, oh, he's like, hey, I'm on set today to be dead. And he, they're all like, great. He does seem to show up for every fourth or fifth episode anyway. <laughs> so over at the speakeasy, mm -hmm. uh, Hiram shows up to Veronica's last night of, of having liquor. And we're like, hey, Reggie still works there. Yeah, Reggie, Reggie uh, passes along a message because the big recruiter from Columbia University's there. Thanks to Hiram, who posed as her assistant and called her. Mm-hmm. And Veronica's all like, hey, great. I'm going to be a few minutes because I got to do a floor show. <laughs> if that's okay with you, the Ivy League recruiter who I just tried to sell an old-fashioned at the age of 18. Me, not you, by the way. You are yeah. naughty. You're a... You're a middle-aged adult professional. Good job on the career. Mm-hmm. 
Archie goes to Dodger, who's mm-hmm. packing up, and he's all like, no, you don't get a leave. You not, don't get to do that. Not after the shit you pulled in retribution for my retribution. I don't know what a cycle is. And Darla's all like, Dodger, you care to pump this bozo full of lead? <laughs> I guess she really likes Home Alone. I guess so, you filthy animals. <laughs> Dodger's all like, okay, let's have a brawl. Yes, because Dodger believes that he has the advantage Archie is still carrying the bruises and wounds of uh, the, the previous brawl with his brothers. Yes. Fagin and Bill. Yes. So no matter how many times he's seen Archie as a, the perfect physical specimen and berserker brawler that he is, Archie killed Bear Man. <laughs> what do you think you're going to do? You're just a guy. Archie should start every fight with, I survived a bear attack, Ed killed Bear Man. <laughs> I'm going to need you to sign a release form that says you are aware that I killed Bear Man with my hands. Yeah. And I think a stick. I think maybe a stick. stick. Just as they start their brawl, the music starts from the floor show. And And it's great. And Veronica and uh, uh, Kevin... Kevin is there, probably because there is also a recruiter from Juilliard who is there to, to witness his audition. Yeah. Uh, they're performing Saturdays all right, Saturday Nights All Right for Fighting. Yep. Which is just so, like, old-fashioned Riverdale, it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so well-timed. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of my favorite moments from the fight are Archie kicking Dodger in the face. Very good. And then Dodger hitting Archie with a hubcap. Both right on a musical sting. I mean, it, it, it's Elton John. It's big, jazzy rock piano. Yes. There's a lot of great moments to punch a guy in the face to that song. Uh, they also, when Veronica sings about the switchblade, mm-hmm. there's a switchblade. Ta-da, obviously. Love it. Not such a fan of Veronica stealing valor, saying that, that she's from the working class. No. Mm. Mm, you were broke for like four months, but you still had enough money to buy a hotel. So no, no, you're not. Yeah, uh, but but it's pretty good. Kevin gets a little solo. He it's does. the most Kevin we've seen <laughs> in months. <laughs> no one tell him Fangs is back, please. Yeah. Kevin's here. Reggie's here. Maybe uh, uh... Veronica too. <laughs> Maybe Jellybean is somewhere get, getting Where's her first sip of grown-up juice. I don't know. Jellybean must be so concerned that her father is shot <laughs> in a hospital. She could have been in that hospital scene. That is a real missed opportunity. She could have been there terrified that Betty was going to die at the hands of a knife. But no, we can't have uh, uh, Jellybean interacting with anyone but people who live under her, the same roof because the season is so siloed and it's pissing me off. <laughs> but she doesn't even interact with those people. Right. Never. She never gets the chance. And that's we why haven't seen her since Halloween. How many holidays have to pass before we get jelly beans in my Easter basket? Goodness. Uh, the fight stops with Darla screaming... That Archie's going to kill her son. Yes. Because he is just pounding on his face. Oh, yeah. And Archie 
Like, is all like, you know, last time I fought Dodger, I told him the only way he was getting out alive is someone dragged him out, so you better drag him out and never come back. And then Archie notices that all the kids from the center are, like, behind him and, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, not a good look, blood-covered uh, uh, teacher man. Yeah. You're my positive role model. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, well, he's running the, like, terrible, like, child labor-inducing mob man well think about it from the kids perspective first they're witnessing the, the nice boy do the murder second the person that's dying is their free pizza shoot yeah i was just there. i was like that's the man that gives them that, pizza that's the pizza man it's true some pizza men deserved it if he was killing papa john i'd say okay but what if they see dodger as more of a mike illich don't kill mike illich don't kill mike illich the Red Wings are having a rough enough time as it is. Not Little Caesars, man. He does good things. And that's this episode's niche joke. Veronica is all like, hey, Dad, I, you know, finger snap at you. I just did a cool <laughs> song. And now you are not hypnotized. <laughs> and he's all like, well, I got a patent for my rum. So if you do make it, I'll sue you. Mm -hmm. All she has to do is change the recipe a bit. One ingredient. Rum is rum. Nah. Like, just a tiny right. bit less. Just a pinch less of something or a pinch more. I mean, he's apparently changed the, the recipe himself to go from the good rum in the rum shrine to the swill he's selling now. Yeah. If we were to take that line as literal. That's true. Huh. So he's all like, well, good luck with the recruiter. I'm sure she'll like underage party girl. Yeah, it was, it was a fine show. Why shouldn't we like she like it? <laughs> So Betty uh, is heading home. She's mm -hmm. outside her home uh, after coming to talking with Charles. Since when is Charles a hypnotism expert? I don't know about this. As she walks up to her house, it is suddenly daylight. Mm -hmm. And she sees little her. Yes. Little her that was last seen killing Caramel. And that is exactly what she has done. Yes. She's like, I did it. I killed it. And, and she points, and then Betty looks down at her own nearly grown hands, and they are covered in cat blood, much and, like the stone that is lying on the grass. And she snaps out of it, and she's back at her house she in nighttime. She snaps out of it. Yeah. yeah. And she looks down at her hands, and they are still covered in blood, but that is because she, but like, did their fingernail thing. So many season one callbacks. How... Okay. She has a very stringent filing routine. <laughs> that is the answer to your question. Because I'm just like, not that I want to cut my own hands, <laughs> but I have tried to like, I cannot grip my hands that tight she, into my, like, she, I cannot. She does those squeezy things. Like, there is no way. She does those squeezy things all the time. She just has really strong, like, joints. Yes. Okay. And that's why Jughead can shoot eight feet. Tight grip. It's like putting your finger on a hose. <laughs> that just got worse and worse and worse. The downside is his, his penis looks like a, a balloon animal before it's inflated. <laughs> All life is trade-offs. Like, 
Yeah. Yeah. Jughead's erection looks like a chopstick, dear. I'm sorry. But that's what happens when you have such powerful grip. That's so pointy. <laughs> and splinters. A little bit. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Her poor cervix. Her poor soft palate. Why? <laughs> Why? Because he said a coworker knows about the show now. <laughs> well, technically two do, but no one found out about it today. Look, the explicit tag is there for a reason, people. <laughs> oh, I just remembered when I used to teach, and one of my students was all like, my favorite show is Riverdale, and I'm like, oh. What's that? <laughs> I like it, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh, let's talk about Riverdale. Ah, I don't want to. You're 12. <laughs> so back at the hospital, mm-hmm. uh, Jughead has gone to visit his dad, and he's all like, I leave you alone for one day, and you get shot. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you've actually been gone for a lot of days. <laughs> Quantum train. But FP's all like, where were you? Where have you been? So I guess he was supposed to be home. I don't yeah, know. I, I guess it's the weekend. Saturday night is all right for fighting. Uh, Jughead's all like, oh, God, I gotta sit down. Go and be in trouble. I found Grandpa. <laughs> and FP is pretty pissed. Yes. Jughead explains, you know, that he got offered the contract, but he wanted to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And he found out, you know, he was wrong. It was stolen, but legally. And for what it's worth... He knows he was a shit-ass father, and he's sorry. (laughs) And Jughead offers to, like, hey, if you want, I could, like, bring him here, and maybe we could do some, like, Oprah-style healing. I don't know. Maybe he could tell you all the things he told me about being an asshole. Maybe we could try to, to... move forward because I would like to have at least some relationship with <laughs> with my favorite author of all time who turns out to be my blood relation. <laughs> uh, and FP's all like, well, they're keeping me overnight. If you brought him by, I guess I wouldn't have a choice. He agrees by way of immobilization. Yes. <laughs> I am technically powerless to say no. Because I... I'm drugged up and in this bed. <laughs> uh, so back with Cheryl, uh, Penelope wakes up and she is chained to a bunk or a bed in the sex hole. The sex hole returns. I thought they recycled the set for parts, but the sex hole lives. Cheryl has locked her mother in the bunker. Yes. And she says that you need time and solitude to seek penance. Penitence. What is worse than death or, you know, the legal system? Solitary confinement administered by Cheryl Blossom. In a place where there's a lot of sex fluids that have dried up. (laughs) Hey, most of the people who knew about the bunker are dead or have moved on with their life. So Cheryl just leaves her yeah. with a whole lot of fucking candles 500 going. 500 candles. <laughs> and she is chained to the bed. So, like, she's going to burn to death. Like, she is the Phantom of the Opera's candle budget. This, yes. This is a drill tweet amount of candles. My family is starving. These teens would have done so much better investing in a couple, like, 
lamps? <laughs> like battery-operated lamps? Yeah, it's all about the ambiance. Candles cost a lot of freaking money. <laughs> well, so do RPGs. That's why they only play the one. Yeah, To true. death. Uh, so Betty has, has brought Charles to the house. Mm-hmm. And she has told him all about this trance she went under. Fucking Svengali himself, uh, Charles Smith. So Betty thinks that that is when the dark part of her was born, that moment with Caramel. Yes. And he's all like, well, you should go back and kill yourself before you're born. (laughs) (laughs) Betty, you are baby Hitler now. (laughs) (laughs) And so he's all like, okay, let's do this. Tangerine, tangerine, tangerine. Betty, there are two wolves inside you. (laughs) One wants to euthanize a cat, and one wants to just go play. <laughs> and that's what she does. She she grabs the rock uh, out, of young... out of, like, baby Betty's hands. And, and young Betty is just like, but what do I do now? My only purpose in life is to euthanize suffering cats. She's like, go play. I can play? I can play? 11-year-olds can, like, play sometimes? <laughs> And so then Betty snaps out of it, and she's like, oh my god, I think I did it. And I'm like, wow, that's the dumbest plot ever. (laughs) (laughs) That's all it took? Did what, though? You told your imaginary brain friend to go play. Is What is this closure for? Like, I don't know. I don't get this. It seems like it might be more powerful for her to recognize that she had no choice in the moment, that it was her dad acting and not her. Yes. And and maybe that's what this is, but like her younger self, her mental younger self going and playing. Like that, her comforting her younger self and that, giving her the like childhood her family never gave right. her. Right. And the fact that Caramel is still very dead, this isn't literal time travel, does put all the responsibility on Hal, I guess? I guess I don't, I don't, symbolically. Uh, it's weird. It's I don't weird. know. I don't get. I was. Uh. Lachlan Monroe couldn't come. He's busy filming eight Hallmark holiday movies <laughs> and a few lifetimes, just to yeah, mix it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Veronica uh, finally gets time to go talk to the recruiter lady mm-hmm. now that everyone is gone from the speakeasy. It's empty. She had a great time. <laughs> she, she made this woman wait hours. I, I mean, maybe she was waiting. Like, she knew it was like a one-night-only thing. Like, eventually, these shots are going to be a penny if I wait long enough. <laughs> they just got to get rid of the booze. Maybe they'll be giving it away by the end of the night. <laughs> and uh, so Veronica's all like, okay, I blew it. Mm-hmm. This is going to work out. And she's all like, no, we're always looking for people with good stories and, like, I have no fucking idea what happened here tonight. (laughs) Quote, quote, I don't know what happened here tonight. (laughs) But it's probably a good story. You want to tell me, I guess? And some free alcohol would be good. I would say if you don't know what happened, then it is not a good story, or at least not a well-told one. It's a good (laughs) thing she's not applying for the creative writing program. Yeah. But I think it's pretty clear what happened. A, a teenager who is running a successful yet illegal business mm-hmm. is also her own lounge singer mm-hmm. and was unprepared for a, a meeting that she thought was the next day. I don't think it's that confusing a story. Well, remember, probably about three hours have passed since that song. 
That's true. Who knows Anything what could Everyone's gone. She's probably asking about the charred body of the the uh, hometown meal <laughs> killer or whatever his name was. Yes. <laughs> whatever happened with the dead serial killer did, in the basement? Did they have to recarpet? <laughs> Does it s- still smell like human hair? There's just a weird spot that that Veronica never steps on, and no one knows why. They just laid in like an area rug down, <laughs> and they're like, shh. Uh, so Jughead goes back to the forest mm-hmm. to, uh, to collect Grampy, which apparently is not very far from Riverdale. Uh, and he goes to the spot, and mm-hmm. uh, the lights are off, and he is no gone. No one's home. Missing Grampy. Not there. Not there. Not there. And uh, back at Thistle House, uh, Cheryl and Tony are having a little moment, and Cheryl uh, says that she thinks it's time to bury Jason. She thinks he deserves peace. And that is a big moment for her. It is. It is. It's a big moment for her. It's a big moment for them to save money on air freshener. <laughs> uh, and then over at the Andrews household, uh, Mary goes up to Archie and she's like, why are you sitting in the dark? And then she sees that she he is covered in blood. And bruises and contusions and all sorts of stuff. And she's all like, who did this to you? And he's like, me. I did this to me. This is why we listen to guidance counselors. They are experts, apparently. And uh, so he fills her in in like a vague way that like Dodger was leaving and he wanted to hurt Dodger. And you know, all this doesn't make sense. He's never felt further from his dad as he does in this moment. And, and with all these kids seeing him nearly do the murder. And, you know, why does all these people get to live, but his dad doesn't? Mm-hmm. And he's a monster. And she's like, no, you're just in pain. You're not a monster. Bear Man is a monster. He's a genetic freak that didn't deserve <laughs> to live. It's okay. Bear Man. Bear Man. Where's the Bear Man spinoff comic? Come on, Michael Grassy. Let's go. Uh, so Jughead goes back to FP, and FP's all like, let me guess, he didn't want to come. And he's like, he ran away. Jury's still out on what he would have done had I spoken to him. He just wasn't there. Yeah. Jughead ap- apologizes to him, mm-hmm. and... Um, this is all like, you know, I feel like a fool. And he's like, well, you will be, boy, if you turn down that contract. Yes. FP got to. He's, he's got to dad it up. Got dad it up. And so, you know, Jughead's like, well, no, I'm going to sign it. And I think it's time we let go of the past. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm done with grandpa. Mm-hmm. And, and murders, I guess. <laughs> I'm done with murder conspiracies I'm done for the with time murders, being. yeah. And so back at... Stonewall, he, he signed in the contract, and all I'm thinking is, I hope you had Mary read that before you signed it. Except the f- the one page we see says right across the top, non-disclosure agreement. That's the page we see. But I think you can have a lawyer. You can. I don't know if he did. And that's one of the, the pages you really want a lawyer to look at, especially if there's even a chance that DuPont is involved in the mysterious deaths of Dr. Seuss and Charles Dickens. Charles Chickens? Yes, and it's not really Dr. Seuss's name either, but it's one letter off. Yeah. Uh, and so as he's signing, a note gets slips under his door. 
And it says something, something, maybe Foxwoods, I don't know, ASAP. Yeah, it's like Fox Forest ASAP, something like that. He is summoned to this place. And so he goes to the woods, Mm -hmm. and Brett and Donna are there dressed as Harry and Hermione. Yes, they they are there for the midnight launch, and over their dead body will some crotch-dropping walk away with the first book, because they have the most expert and, and perfectly uh, appropriate costumes. Yes, they yes. are wearing some robes. <laughs> uh, and they are, uh, Brett is holding a skull. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of tiki torches around. <laughs> Spared no expense. And uh, Jughead's all like, is this the part where you kill me? And Brett's like, no, you ass. It's an initiation. <laughs> Yes, he's he's being initiated into the Quill and Skull. The other members approach, and it is, like I said, every other student in the school. They now have 100% membership. It's not a, it's just a society. Yeah. It's, it's hardly even that. Yeah. Uh, and so to the initiation is a skull, and you are handed a rock. Yes. And you have to break the skull with the rock. And with- inside... Is a tie pin. Maybe that's what little Betty was looking for all those years ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe. And and so, yes, he, he's now a part of the Harry Potter wannabes. <laughs> you just, I know that's not what they're going for, but you can't. You cannot berobe a person in like... Especially with anything maroon. Right. In, in like a sweater, slacks and tie, private school uniform. You can't put a robe on that anymore. <laughs> it's done. You can't You're a na- wizard, Jughead. You can't name your kid Abraham anymore. You it, Abraham? You, you can't name your kid oh. Abraham Lincoln Jones. Oh, you just yeah. can't do that. Okay. It's taken. It's done. Uh, the next day, Veronica gets a call. Yes. And it's from Cheryl. Yes. And we then go to Sweetwater River, where Cheryl has invited Archie, Veronica, Betty, and Jughead to join her and Tony uh, for Jason's, the, the funeral he never got. His third funeral. <laughs> uh, and How rich you gotta be to get three funerals years <laughs> apart. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and she's like, you know, the last time we were all here together was when I she I tried to take my own life. Yes. Like, if you were being cynical, you could read, like, the guest list as, as a crass way to get all of your main characters together just because. But look at the facts. It's uh, the person closest to Cheryl and the four people who rescued her at her lowest. Yes. They've also, they're also the ones that risked their lives to help save her Last year, when her mom was actively murdering people a lot yeah. more, they also cracked the murder that got her out of the house when her dad was actively murdering people a yeah. few years ago. Like, there is a connection there. There's a reason yes. they are the people she would call. I mean, aside from Tony, they are the people that have been there. Mm-hmm. When she does need it. Thank you for recognizing this. Maybe can the characters interact with each other a bit more, please? Yeah. They should be watching this funeral and then on the way out, like, hey, what have you been up to for the last three months? Yeah. Uh, So Cheryl is there in white, of course. Mm -hmm. Jason is there in a boat. But it's a new white outfit. It's it's not her. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. It it's white, which is symbolic for the moment, but it's not like she's not living in the grief that her other white outfit no. is. Yeah, no, it's one she's never worn before. I just wanted to get that on the record. 
Uh, and so she takes uh, some fire. Yes. And lights Jason's body. Yes. And then Archie and Jughead push it out into Sweetwater River. Some VFX flames consume this old, uh, venerable prop that has been refaced and rehanded a few times. And all I am thinking is someone better mention this to FP. Right. Like, hey, gonna find a body. Oh. D- does the Katie Keene spinoff begin with a bunch of people in New York City finding a charred skeleton and figuring out what to do with it? I hope so. <laughs> uh, but it is like a very uh, sweet moment of them yes. all being there together and, and Cheryl finally letting go of her brother. Missed opportunity to not have Cheryl fire a flaming arrow into the boat. Oh, that's for Julian. Okay. <laughs> She's going to just shoot Julian in the chest and, yeah. and burn him. So over at the the center, mm-hmm. uh, Archie hears a door and he pops his head out and there there is a man in flannel. Yes. And he is like, I'm Frank, your I'm, dad's brother. Also, I'm honest. I love you. I'm forthcoming. I'm your dad's brother. <laughs> But yeah, now we've completed the set. Our, uh, Jughead found his secret grandpa. Archie found his secret uncle. Everybody's got secret relatives. Come yep. to the party. Yep. So secret uncle. That's probably not that secret. I'm assuming yeah. Mary called him. And I'm like, yeah. why weren't you at your brother's funeral? <laughs> Maybe he lives in Montreal or something. What? Where? Where have you been? Why haven't you been in the boy's life? Why do you have to introduce yourself to your nephew? So, uh, Betty, uh, is in bed. Mm-hmm. Betty. Not sleeping well. Something's disturbing her. So oh. she gets up, goes okay. to her vanity. Uh, yeah. So she's at the vanity and she says tangerine three times. And then Alice downstairs. Just, just to see what happens. Here's a giant crash. And she immediately rushes upstairs. But Betty's in bed. She gets into bed so fast. It's all how, that sneaking around. How tall is your staircase? <laughs> Uh, and Alice is all like, what happened? And she's like, I just wanted to make sure it was gone. The dark part of me. And Alice, as it Alice was. turns, as Alice turns, she sees this shattered mirror where Betty tried to kill the mirror Betty. Yep. So if it was clearer what we were supposed to take from the earlier bits, it would be clearer what to take from this bit. I don't think it worked. I think that's what they're saying. I think they're saying, like, it doesn't because she punched Mirror Betty. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like Betty, in her conscious mind, seems satisfied w- with what happened. But Betty is still at war with herself on the inside, sure. Yeah. I think so. Yes. Uh, so then it says four weeks later. Mm-hmm. And Archie is checking the pulse of a of Jughead. Uh-huh. And he says, he's dead. Yes, Archie diagnoses death, and and we turn, and, and he asks Betty, what did you do? And we see Betty holding a large, smooth rock. Dun-dun-dun. Betty, it's supposed to be a dead skull. You're never going to be a successful writer this way. She just wants to join the Quill and Skull, too. <laughs> she has to join every club her boyfriend's in. She was Serpent Queen. She's breaking skulls now. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Let him have his own hobbies, Betty. Anyway, that's chapter 66, Tangerine. What did you think, dear? There were parts of it I really liked. Yeah. And parts of it that I think people know. I'm like, what? 
Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. I am here for Betty's story because I love watching Lily Reinhardt be anything. Like, yeah. I was, I was going to see str- I was going to say struggling with herself, but that and also happy and irritated and I, she just does great faces. So anything that makes her make faces, yeah. I'm happy about. <laughs> but I don't know what they're trying to do. Yeah. It's a little weird right now. Didn't quite make sense. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what they're doing. I'm happy to see uh, both Cheryl in a more positive place and yes. also a conclusion. I'm happy to see something end. Cheryl listened to the counselor. Yeah. And took some time for herself. She's the only one who listened. Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, uh, Miss Burble would be into the whole lock your mom up in the sex hole. <laughs> But what she don't know can't hurt her, I guess. I like that she's locked up in the sex hole. I guess I was wrong about there actually being a ghost. Mm-hmm. Putting her there, of all places, there there is some, like, connection to it because she was the Gargoyle King, after all. Mm-hmm. The, the power behind the throne, at the very least. And, and that is where they played the games. That is where they sought the Gargoyle King. She's locked that in is her where, dungeon. That is where they laid the plans. And now, yes, she is locked in their keep, if yeah. you want to go into the whole Elder Vare thing. Yes. Yeah. I like that we got, like closure on like one aspect of like the jughead grandpa thing even though yes. it's not dupont that's grandpa you you really wanted that to be true huh yes yeah yes i really enjoyed the fp archie team up yes yes that is that that was the thing i didn't know i needed mm-hmm. but i did also, the, the Archie fight scene, really leaning into the most corny, way too on-the-nose soundtracking, but just making it work. So good, though. It's, it was so it was so brutal. Yes, yes. I mean, the, the fight itself, like, yeah, the, the fight direction was really strong, both fights. Yeah. What's going on with things in Kevin? <laughs> he's back. Does he know he's back? Does anyone know anything? Is Kevin Okay. Is Fangs okay? This is another thing that is great about having your characters involved in each other's lives. Not only is that good in its own right, it, scre- it frees up screen minutes for these other tertiary characters. So we aren't just screaming about them all the time. Can't just appear out of the blue like that when the last time we saw him was being carted off. To the facility. I mean, Ke- Kevin is uh, rehabilitated too, I guess. He at least had a sentence or two about it to Betty at the beginning of the season. Well, and he went home to his family too. He did have a family to go back to. Have we? Do we even know Fangs' home situation? He seemed to be living in the tent city. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Where's Sweet Pea? Where's Sweet Pea? I have questions. Is is he teaching Jellybean to go fly fishing or Where something? Where is Jellybean? Because that would be a fun scene, the two of them fly fishing in big waders. Like, they could just make one sentence about <laughs> Jellybean went to visit her mom for a couple days. And she's going to come back with a bunch of stolen radios. I'd be like, okay, it's weird that you're letting her go. But okay, she, she she's doing a weekend with her mom. So bottom line, I guess what we're saying is this sure is a season four episode, but it's got so many great strong parts. Yeah. And I mean, it does the job of a mid-season finale well. There, there are a few things that have definite clear conclusions. Yeah. Which each opened up into new things. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. 
thumb, thumbs up for narrative structure of a television season. Yeah. So, darling, that brings us to... You don't know what it brings us to, do you? I don't. I never know how to segue this because I don't know if people even enjoy uh, uh, this segment. Darling, do you have a thing to tell me about today? Look, I just asked a question. <laughs> That's right, dear. I've prepared another uh, segment that I like to call <laughs> Check Your Sources. What? Amazing. For this episode, uh, because it's our last regular episode for a month or so. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to, to do another big, unequivocal, flashing lights, five thumbs up recommendation. It's a lot of thumbs. It's a, you need a friend for this Should, advanced maneuver. It be six thumbs up so it's like thumbs from three people? Well, one of the people has kind of iffy taste, so you can't really trust them. Mm. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about Jughead's Time Police. Uh, this is the recent miniseries by uh, Sina Grace. Sina Grace? Sorry. I've, I've only seen it in text. Sina? Uh, Sina? And art Sina? by Derek Sina? Charm. Uh, this story and uh, the recent Sabrina miniseries have something in common, besides my highest recommendation, in that they bring back artists from Archie titles that were my favorites on their runs. Derek Charm did a lot of great work on the the main Jughead title oh. uh, after Erica Henderson was done during her issues. Oh. Uh, so this is a, a recent reimagining of uh, the the uh, premise of Jughead's Time Police, the uh, running stories from the the early '90s that we've talked about on the show before, mm-hmm. uh, and would love to talk about uh, more in detail again. There. It's so good. Uh, but <laughs> uh, this sort of updates it to the current milieu. And part the what? Milieu. And uh, part of that is uh, uh, allowing me to finish the thought that I started with last week's Check Your Sources. And what was that? Well, last week I mentioned that there were a lot of Archie books that were taking cues for what, like, baseline Archie is from Riverdale. Uh-huh. Well, the current trend that I've been noticing is a whole lot of these books are about different versions of these characters, different versions of Riverdale colliding, interacting, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So while the plot of, like, the 90s Jughead's Time Police involved Jughead meeting different versions of of himself. It was all along the one timeline. There's only one Jughead, but this is Jughead from a few years ago. This is Jughead from two weeks from now, but it's one unified Jughead. Mm -hmm. Whereas this Jughead's Time Police, part of its model of time travel is, we're going to mention it for the third time, like Fringe. Yeah! You should watch Fringe. Fringe is good. Where... Uh, Different possibilities are different timelines, which exist as essentially parallel worlds. Yeah. So there is this Jughead, but there's also an Erica Henderson's art style Jughead and a gender swap Jughead from that uh, mid-2000s storyline, which we should probably talk about on the show sometime. JJ. Mm. JJ was her name. Yeah. If we ever run out of podcast ideas, I do a fringe podcast. Yeah, I rewatch. This one basically is when it's not a Fast and the Furious podcast. (laughs) This is a fringe podcast. Or an OC. (laughs) Reference a lot of things. 
We reference a few things a lot and a lot of things a little. Yeah. 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 But if I can pat myself on the back by bending an interpretation to make myself right, uh-huh. what I think is happening is that other people have been noticing like the, this uh, bubbling of uh, uh, Archie-related content, different takes on these characters, and seeing that there is a struggle for the core of the Riverdale gang, the, the soul of Archie and co. Mm. And taking that that tension between these are the same characters that have met the Punisher and the cast of Glee and Mark Zuckerberg and were super spies for a while in the 60s. How, what, what even is this? What even is what this? What even is this? And trying to make stories that are about that question. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, what even is this was like, what's the center? The, the answer they're coming up with, there is no center. It's all the same. It's all the, the core thing in different lenses under different circumstances. They can interact because there, there's no clash if, unless you really want there to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But if I can back off my soapbox and talk about the story, it's very funny. It's got clean and engaging art. It's fun to see all of the different jugheads and, and to see Derek Charm work uh, impersonating the pen of many others in the form of these jugheads. Mm. Uh, and, and it changes some things up from the original Jughead's Time Police run. Like there, there's much less of a sense of Jughead and January McAndrews getting smoochy. So it doesn't have that Archie Jughead shipper uh, uh, bait, unfortunately. Wait. January McAndrews? Yes, Archie's descendant from the 34th century. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Hot dog gets thought bubbles and jokes. Hot dog! So there you go. It's the best book. It's the best. You should have started with that. That's all you needed to say. It's the best an Archie book can possibly be. It's one of the ones where Hot Dog gets thought bubbles with jokes in them. It's like all you need. Selling point. About how he definitely knows how to use the microwave. It's just up too high for him. (gasps) Poor Hot Dog. Poor Hot Dog. (laughs) Someone make him a step stool. (laughs) Lower that microwave. So yeah, aside from giving me an excuse to talk about a thing I think is happening in a lot of Archie books that are on shelves right now, although this isn't technically out right now, it concluded uh, about four, six weeks ago. So uh, if it's not out in trade, it will be soon, actually. Uh, Jughead's Time Police is a good comic book about the the funny burger man saving the the multiverse with a, a... humorous take on that sort of uh time travel apocalypse story yeah 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 i love it it's great so with that i guess we're on to predictions i guess we're on to predictions darling what do you think is coming down the pipe because of this whole weird thing with betty yeah i think that charles is involved with the farm Uh uh-huh because like he totally got evelyn to like do that what i was gonna say is that uh chick Working with Charles got Evelyn to do yes. all that from behind bars. Yes. That the, this whole uh, tangerine, tangerine, tangerine thing. Yeah. Uh, they they were either in on it from the beginning to plant it, or they found out about it and are working it into whatever their scheme is. 
Is Chick at Shawshank too? Chick is at Shawshank. That's uh, why I said uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. I I even alluded to it earlier in the episode when I said it's been about three weeks since we saw Shawshank. Yeah. It's when Charles visited Chick. There we go. There yep. you go. Yeah. So. Uh, and and the idea that Chick is in with the farm isn't so weird because it would explain how um, Penelope got so much of what she wanted out of negotiating with the farm. We never saw those closed-door negotiations Mm -hmm. for the baby. Who knows what they were really talking about? Yeah. And Chick and Penelope were were two peas in a pod back when that happened. Just saying. Just saying. Remember, Penelope got a triplet. (laughs) I mean, absolutely. Actual factual. (laughs) That's why she's so upset. It's just like she has to get back to the trip. Yeah. Now that we know where Penelope is, Jason Jr. is still somewhere in those walls. Yeah. Crawling (laughs) around. That's that's baby's day out in the insulation. Yes. Was she just like sneaking cheese plates whenever like they would have a friend over? Yes. Yes, she was. So I was trying to think about, okay, Jughead dead type thing. Jug dead. Jug dead. One thing I was thinking was that with Betty's, like, flashes of stuff, Mm -hmm. it's actually, like, her hallucinating that she kills Jughead. Oh. How many of the flash forwards do you think are all in Betty's head? Right now, just that one. Okay. (laughs) I haven't worked at all. I think just that one. I think he might actually be dead, but I think she's going to think she did it and then not her. I think this uh, flash forward with Archie finding Jughead's body and declaring him dead does throw a wrinkle in the idea that uh, Jughead is planning this out because for that, for him to be faking his own death, he'd have to either find a way to stop his pulse or have Archie in on it. And there's no way you can trust Archie to be in on it. I mean, it could have been drugs. It could have been. There's, There's a lot of drugs in the world. But, but well, that's why I'm also like, well, maybe he is, but this moment, this like how it happened thing is actually a hallucination okay, of hers okay. and not actually like what happened. If Jughead is uh, uh, masterminding, puppet mastering, whatever is happening with his, his death, what if he arranged it to find out what happens to the dead writers? He's trying to find out what's going on with Charles Chickens and Theodore Liesel and Grampy. Yes. 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 I I think it's a uh, there's a pretty clear implication that Grandpa didn't just run off into the woods. Oh yeah, that was my go be thing. Whatever caught Charles Chickens, probably Dupont caught him too. Grandpa totally got caught. Yeah, Dupont came uh, uh, and cut the brake lines on the bus. Did not realize that bus is not supposed to go anywhere. Completely useless sabotage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was thinking that. Mm-hmm. That, would, that would, yeah. Because I definitely thought something was up with Grandpa. What if, like, all, not all of it was a lie, but, like, he was saying some of that about, like, well, I sold it to him and whatnot mm-hmm. to, per- like, lead Jughead off so he'd leave it alone. Mm-hmm. And... Then he, like, went to DuPont to be like, what the hell are you going after my grandson? Ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah. 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 You said you'd, like, yeah. leave him alone or whatever. and That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
who who knows what was in that uh, contract? Yeah. And who knows what's in the contract Jug had signed? He didn't have Mary read it. We didn't see the one lawyer he knows reading it. Yeah. He used to know two lawyers, but she went away on a bus. Yes. Well, I mean, FP is just going to be a badass from now on. And Hell I love yes. it. Hell yes. Yes. We're going to get all the FP looks. Slick hair and leather jacket FP. Reading a book, wearing a sweater vest, and his reading glasses FP. Yeah. With a little pipe. A little pipe. With a little pipe. A little pipe. Yeah. A little, little pipe. They're, they're legalizing all sorts of stuff. You don't know what's in that pipe. He's still got some edge. Yeah. Yeah. Long arm of the law, FP. All the FPs are coming out to play. Yeah. Collect the whole set. One FP for every secret family member. Yeah. 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 Veronica is going to either be not accepted or not accept her acceptance to every Ivy League school. Yep. She's going to end up at community college. And she'll found her own. And that is her final victory. It's going to be that, that fucking Justin Long movie. Yeah! <laughs> but, like, with with gravitas somehow. I haven't somehow. thought about that movie in years. <laughs> I liked that movie. It was, like, decent. <laughs> Lewis Black was, like, the ringer star in it, and that should help you pinpoint exactly when it came <gasps> out. Yes, he was. Yes, he, he was. was. He was, like, the history teacher or something. Yeah. Or civics. Something like that. Huh. Forgot about that. (laughs) So let's talk about what we do know. Our next episode, the date is still TBD, as far as I know, unless they, like, just announced it today. the trailer. The trailer showed it. I'm pretty sure it was January 22nd. They are taking a very long break. That's a long, long break. Yeah. Uh, The flash forwards is only four weeks ahead. But that's six weeks ahead. So yeah. our dating chronology, we're, you're, you're going to have to update your charts. Yeah. So that is when we will be back with Varsity Blues. Yes! An episode named for the 1999 film, the, the classic high school football movie, yes. Suck It Friday Night Lights. Yes! Uh, this is the one with James Vanderbeek shouting, I don't want your life. With all of the vowels yes. in the word life. Uh, it has Paul Walker. It's got Paul Walker. Uh, it's got another dead guy. Uh, the University of Toronto sued the, the studio for use of the title. Oh. Because that is like a slogan they used, Varsity Blues, for their athletics programs. Oh. So they settled for an undisclosed cash amount, and also all home releases include a disclaimer that the film is not at all affiliated with the University of Toronto's athletics programs in any way. Oh, God. <laughs> also, the FBI investigation into fraudulent college admissions that, mm-hmm. that snapped up Felicity Huffman and Lori Loftman and 48 others that yeah. aren't famous enough uh, was named Operation Varsity Blues. <laughs> There you go. Right. There's some facts about Varsity Blues so for there, you. So this is covering several things, is what we're saying. I'm saying the trailer has football in it, which is surprising considering their timeline. Oh. Oh. Their timeline makes it clear it takes place after the football season that high schools have. What if Veronica exposes her father for his college admission bribes? Uh. <laughs> What if that's how she gets him? (laughs) Prediction. 
finally trying to lock him up for a crime he did do. Who would have thought? But what happens in the trailer is, yes, football happens. And cheerleaders rushing out and doing formations happens. And Veronica wearing a wig. Veronica wearing a blonde wig, uh, getting hit on by Brett. The teens are finally crossing paths and interacting. Jesus Christ. There's a lot of punching at Stonewall. Yes, Archie is punching people at Stonewall. There, I guess there's... So, I, I would guess it's a Riverdale-Stonewall football game, right? That They do not have a football team. They have five students, and all of them are dweebuses. <laughs> but they have a football Those team. Those people play water polo. <laughs> they, they, or, like, horse polo. They, yeah, they play polo polo. <laughs> polo polo is when you ride on a man riding on a horse riding on a horse. And you need a In the ver- water. You need a very long mallet. <laughs> It looks like there's also someone admitting that they're cutting. <laughs> I missed that bit. I saw someone lifting up their sleeve and there was a whole lot of scars. Okay, you know? And I was like, that does not fit with anything else going on here. No, it doesn't. It also seems... A weird thing for a trailer. That that seriously seems 18 years too late to be in, like... I'm sh- I know it happens, but it's not the thing that all of the dramas are doing anymore. Yeah. Like I, that was the thing when we were in high school that ev- everything did was like, oh no, the child is cutting. Th- yes, yeah. Pe- people who aren't our age may not remember the time when every show had the cutting episode. You are all the cutter. You have you have cut once. You are a cutter. Oh no, we need an intervention. I remember the Seventh Heaven cutting episode yes. so clearly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like every show, which I get, because like everyone was. Yes, yes. <laughs> was that TV's way of dealing with the emo problem? Yes. Yes. Yes, that's Because they why. really were coinciding chronologically. That is why. Like, like they couldn't do they, they couldn't touch the music or like the aesthetic or anything else they just did episodes about cutting yes because it would be like for the random parent who was like mm-hmm. oh this is my child even though nothing else is about my child yeah they're weird so it must be them <laughs> anyway it's not like this show hasn't had derails before get over it uh, but that's all that we know is coming down the pipe in yeah six weeks time I yes. suppose. We might be able to get another episode out to you in the meantime. I've learned not to make promises. Darlin, what did we say when uh, season three ended? You said we were going to do a bunch of stuff. How many episodes did we put out between seasons? One. Yeah, okay. So I'm not making promises, but we're going to try. I'm going to try. see what happens. Yeah. Life. Sometimes it's just nice to have nothing. A trend I've noticed is that our episodes, when we come back from a break, are among our best. Mm-hmm. Because we're rested. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this one was a lot of fun, and it might have been just taking days off work for Thanksgiving, honestly. And I have a voice this week. And you have, unlike last week, yeah. Uh- Sorry. Sorry about last week. That was bad. It's so, really bad. I've certainly got ideas for things that would be fun to do in the six-week break. Yes. But if it doesn't happen, we're going to come back tw- and hit uh, the Varsity Blues episode twice as hard. So you win either way, folks. Yes. Anyhow, thank you all for joining us. I had a great time talking about Chopstick Dick. 
If you'd like to keep in touch with us and look out for announcements of our plans once they're made in stone, a great way to do that is uh, follow us on Twitter at sex underscore Archie, because you know whether it's an episode or not, there's going to be a steady stream of uh, bite-sized bits of content for you there. Yep. While you're online, we do appreciate getting a rating and review on iTunes or wherever else you found us. I mean... Christmas is coming. Give us your stars. They're all I want. Or I'll put you behind bars. That's right. I'm going to frame you all for vicious crimes if you do not give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That that escalated. I'm desperate for recognition. Yeah. You can also tell a friend all about our show and the lovely threats it contains. Yeah. Word of mouth is is the best way to to, uh, help us grow and change and and have those previous statements discovered by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. So uh, really, it's a win-win again. Uh, So with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie. TT, prepare the chloroform. Sugar. Ah, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. Please.